Hello everyone and welcome to the Curious John podcast. This is your host, Onome. I want to appreciate Oluwa Tobi Fabusui of Forbes Designs. He's the first official supporter of this podcast and he produced the lovely poster for this episode. You can check out his contact details in the description section of the episode and contact him for your graphical designs. Thank you very much, Oluwa Tobi. In this episode, we'll be talking about a topic that is very important and sensitive in the Christian faith. What does the Bible say about hell? We'll be looking at two alternate views and we'll try to figure out which of them is more consistent with the Christian scriptures. I have two Christians on the podcast today in persons of Ayotunde Omole and Daniel Adeyinka and they'll be sharing their thoughts on the topic Ayotunde and Daniel, welcome yeah, along to the podcast. Uh, you're welcome. Can you can you um, please tell us more about yourself so that the audience can know you better? Okay. Um, I am Brotunde. I'm a Seventh Adventist Christian. I'm a lover of the Bible. Um, I love yogurt a lot and. Well, I like talking about the Bible. I think that's, that's just the yeah. real, real summary of it. And, uh, you did, you, do, you, do you mind telling us about okay, your place of work? I'm a medical doctor working in Ife. And, um, okay. What else would you, what else would you like to know? Uh-huh. Well, I think that's uh, fine. All right. Okay. Uh, uh, Daniel, what about you? Yeah, good evening, everybody. I'm Daniel. I did I'm a believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think Education Church International. And even though I think for mechanical engineering, I'm currently a business analyst in Lagos. Thank you. All right. All right. It's great to have you here. Uh, I think we could go ahead to we can we can go ahead to start the conversation now but before we do that i, I just want to uh, explain the format so that the audience can understand what is known uh, first of all uh dr ayotunde is going to present his case for 8 minutes then daniel is going to give is going to give a cross examination of the points uh dr ayotunde presents then Daniel is going to present his case, and Dr. Ayotunde is going to cross-examine his points as well. Then we're going to have an open-ended discussion for 10 minutes where both of them can uh, look at the points, look at the objection or the effects on evangelism of their uh, view of hell. Then we'll have question and answer. And that is... Thank you all. Once again, the... Uh, to emphasize, this is not a boxing match. It is a Christian discussion because all of us want to understand what the Bible truly says about this. And we want um, we want the true understanding to come out. And that's why we're having this conversation. It's not because we just want to prove points. We are not holding positions because our pastors told us or um, it is agreed by our denominations. It is because we are convinced by the Holy Spirit that this is the position that the Bible holds, and we want to hold what the Bible holds. So, to explain my own 
understanding based on the Bible of hell, I will need to explain a couple of points very quickly. One is that the soul can die. Two, the spirit returns to God. Third, the righteous are rewarded at the second coming and punishments and rewards are given at the resurrection. And the fourth one I'll mention is that death is a sleep. The fifth one is that the dead never return. And then I will talk briefly on the thief on the cross. All right, so the soul can die. Um, Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 4 says that the soul can die. And I'll just summary really. The soul that sins shall die is the last line of that verse. And really brings everything together to make us realize that there's no such thing as actually um, an eternal soul. Because remember in um, Matthew chapter 10, verse um, 28, we have Jesus saying something rather curious. Jesus said, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. So we have Jesus himself saying that, yes, the soul and the body, whatever combination that is, can be destroyed in hell. So yes, the soul can die. And we know that it's the soul and the body that will be in hell. Second point that I would like to really help us understand is that the spirit returns to God. Genesis 2.7 tells us that God made a living soul out of a combination of the breath of God or the spirit, depending on your translation, and the formed body. It said, the Lord formed man of dust of the ground and bring to his nostrils the breath of life and became a living being. So that is how it became living. And Ezekiel, Ecclesiastes 12 verse 7 tells us that um, the soul returns to God at death. Um, you can see from there, verse 7 says, the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Now, is the soul conscious? This, the spirit that returns to God, is it conscious? Well, Ecclesiastes 9, verse 5 tells us that the living know they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no further reward. Their memory is forgotten. Their love, their hate, their envy is now perished. Nevermore will they have a share in anything done under, under the sun. And that is um, Exodus 9, verse 5. So the third point is that the righteous are rewarded at the second coming. And we see this in Acts, 8, Acts 2, verse 2. We have one of the apostles saying something very curious. He said about David. Verse 32 says, um, Acts chapter 2 uh, tells us, verse 34 tells us that David has not ascended to heaven. And we know that David will be in heaven. We, that shows us that David himself is not in heaven. Was actually in the grave awaiting second coming. How do we know this? Um, we know that Luke chapter 14, verse 14, mentions that um, uh, we'll be, we will all be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Other verses there are Matthew 16, verse 27, John 5, verse 20, that tells us that. Yes, another thing I would like to mention yes, on death is asleep. That's the third point that death is asleep. Uh, I want to mention that. Um, John chapter 11. Please let me know if I have a minute left. John 11, verse 14. Verse 11 to 14 tells us that Lazarus, Jesus in verse 11 of John 11, said that Lazarus was sleeping. And then verse 14, Jesus now told them plainly that Lazarus is dead. So Jesus considered death to be asleep. And in Daniel 12, verse 1 and 2 also, in the Old Testament, death is seen as asleep. Dead never returned. This is 9, verse 5 to 6, as mentioned. That. Now, hell. My understanding of hell, based on these principles, is found in Revelation chapter 20, 21. Let me see. Yes, Revelation chapter 
20. And we'll see there verse um, 13 and 14. So the, dead, the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So we see that the lake of fire is the second death. See that the lake of fire is the second uh, death. Of course, remember this famous verse in the Bible, John 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world. And that's the principle, really. God is love. And that's why we're all having this conversation because of the love of God. We need to understand God. God is love. That gives his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So eternal life is promised only to those who are righteous. You cannot have eternal life in any form if you are a sinner. And for those who say that you continue to live forever in hell, it does not make sense with John 3.16. It does not make sense with Revelation talks about death. It does not make sense with the rest of the Bible that talks about um, eternal fire. And we still talk about that. So John 3.16 says, um, eternal life is only for the righteous. Revelation 21 tells us that the, the lake of fire is the second death. And with the second death, there is no coming back. And we know full well that um, hell will be on this earth. Uh, we know full well that at the end of time, according to Revelation chapter 20, verse uh, 9 and 10, fire comes down from heaven and devours the wicked. So the fire, the lake of fire is on the surface of the earth. And we know that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. According to Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. So there, how can there be a new earth where there will be no more sorrow and pain if some people are still somewhere on that planet burning and screaming? The Lord God has promised to wipe away all tears and there will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. And that cannot exist in the universe where some people are still burning beside me, Jerusalem. It doesn't follow. So the summary of what I have been saying in the last few minutes is this. The soul can die. And when the soul dies, it separates into the body and the spirit. The spirit returns to God unconscious. It's not aware. At the end of time, at the start of the last chapter, according to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, the dead in Christ shall rise. And they shall reign in heaven for a thousand years, according to Revelation 20 verse 5. At the end of that time, in Jerusalem will come down. The wicked dead will be raised to receive their punishment. Fire will come from heaven, burn them to ashes. And then the God will create a new heaven and a new earth. All of this according to Revelation 20. We must not consider hell as an eternally burning place. No. Okay. The true punishment for sin is missing out, missing out eternal life in heaven, not hell. The true punishment for sin is missing out eternal all life. Right. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, before I, think I'm done. I allow Daniel to uh, cross-examine the points that you have raised, there are some questions I want to ask and statements I want to make just for clarification. Uh I didn't mention it earlier, but uh, Ayotunde is, is uh, defending the annihilation view. Is that right? All right. Uh, yes, and yes, yes. You you mentioned soul, and then you mentioned spirit. You said the you said this the you said the spirit goes to God. Uh, please, I would like yes. you to like just define what soul is and what spirit is, so the so listeners can follow. Okay. All right. Following the okay. principle of first mention and using the book of Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, we know that when God, when Adam became a living soul, it was a combination of a body made of dust and the breath of life. Breath is, is the 
the word used for breath is norma. Norma can also be translated spirit in various places. So when you see spirit, you see breath, you're basically talking about the same word, norma. So the breath, the body and norma makes soul. Think of the soul like a table. A table is made up of wood and nails. The wood is the body, the nails is the breath of God, the spirit. So when you die, the breath will leave your body and the and that the breath, which is the nail, goes back to God. The wood goes back to the ground. And so the table does not exist. When you remove nails from, from a table, the table doesn't exist anymore. All you have is a pile of wood. Same thing with humans. When the spirit is removed from us, all that's left is okay. dust. So is that the so, that makes the soul? Let, yeah, let, me, so, let me just summarize yeah. what you said to get you right. So the body is in one part. Yes. Uh, then the 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 soul i don't want to the soul is separately then the spirits the spirits hold them together something like that yeah okay no now the word soul means okay. a couple of things in the bible uh we really don't have the time to go through it, but the the basic meaning for the purpose of this conversation is a okay, combination body of body and, and breath, and breath. Okay. some other places you were yes another company another place you find soul being uh being used okay. for the mind being used for the consciousness but at the first start the base meaning is the human okay, being i think i get that yes. now all right um daniel you have you. eight minutes to cross examine the points uh dr yotinde has raised up yes thank you very much can you hear me yeah i can hear you yes please awesome all right so um where do i start from? okay you said one you made a statement you said um the spirit like that after death the spirit returns unconsciously that there's no more consciousness of the human being after death is that what you said i want to get it clear if i move on okay yes sir. okay then yes. if you said yes, that sir. and jesus christ came and told us the story of a rich man that was speaking consciously after his death, Bible is called the parable of rich man and both of them were speaking consciously. Remember, right? Well, Lazarus was the Abraham's bosom. So, how do you reconcile this statement? Is is now an unconscious entity. Meanwhile, Jesus Christ has said that um, the existence still continues. Basically, so how do you reconcile this? Okay, sh- should I respond or no, you, allow no, you respond? Then he brings together? up another question. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you so much, bro Daniel, for that question because that question has been is a tough question <laughs> and it confuses a lot of people. But before I go to and that 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 parable is found in Luke, uh, Luke uh, chapter sixteen, uh, from verse um. 19 to 31. We will read where I read initially, Ecclesiastes 9 verse 5, to get some clarity. Then we'll move to that passage. It says, the living know they will die, but the dead know nothing. And there is no reward in the grave. Uh, Psalm 6 verse 5 tells us that the, the dead do not praise you. Um, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, Psalm, where is that? Okay, I think Psalm 5, I'm not very sure where that is, but in Psalms it tells us that Okay, yes, Psalm 6, verse 5. In death, there's no remembrance of you. The grateful will give you thanks. Luke 16. You know, in the same Luke, uh, in the same 
um, Gospels, we have Jesus telling us that Lazarus, the, the real Lazarus, not the parable Lazarus, when he was dead, said he was asleep. And later I will say he was dead. So that death is known as a sleep. Now let's look at that parable in Luke 16. We can see some very interesting things that will show that Jesus was not talking literally. In verse 2, we find the beggar dying and being cut. Now, we know from the Bible that the righteous, according to Luke 19, the righteous get their reward. Um, they are rewarded down. So the but point is, is, yeah, I think you're yes, sir. Yes, sir. something you just said. You said that you see that Jesus was not talking in Charlie. Yes, sir. If you read all the parts of Jesus Christ, are you yes. Yes, if it was a yes, parable, Jesus yes. Christ would say, um, he will introduce it as a parable. But if it was a literal story, like this one, he said, Jesus Christ himself said, there was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed. This was not a parable. This was an event that actually happened because Jesus Christ said there was a certain man. I don't know how much certain or how much assertive you want the person to be if you want him to address a story in the trial. He said there was. I put this is not a parable. This is actually an event that happened. Okay, but you know, we thank you very much for that. Hello? But you realize that there are many parables where Jesus did not write, say, uh, the, a story. There are many parables where Jesus did not mention. We just started with there was a certain man. So look, go, go to Luke chapter 14. Okay. All right. Are, are you there? There is a bit of. Okay. I think it's better now. Sorry, I could not hear you before. Sorry. I could not hear you. Okay, okay, yes. okay, okay. All right, so if you go to Luke 14, you can find actually that there are a couple of parables that did not start as parables. Luke 14, in my New King News version, is, is written as another, the parable of the Great Supper. When you go to verse 16, you see Jesus just started with a certain man, gave a great supper. Okay, then if you go to... Uh, Luke 13, verse 6, you say he also spoke this parable and he started with a certain man. So there are many parables that Jesus did not say, okay, uh, let me tell you a parable. No, he just said a certain man, a certain man, a certain this, a certain that. So that does not really prove it's not a parable. Other things that may prove this to be a parable is if you look at, if you look at um, that same Luke 16, you will see um, that those in Hades, and those in heaven can talk to each other. You see, that's in verse uh, 23, 24. You see them communicating, and he must asking Father Abraham, rich man Father Abraham, to send Lazarus to dip the hand into uh, water and give him. So you can see that um, this goes against a lot of other things that Jesus had said. Besides, we know full well that because of Lazarus, his friend that died and was resurrected, the dead do not okay, go to heaven immediately. Let me explain something. Very, very, very resurrection. Let me explain something. In, in all the parables, have you ever read the parable okay. where yes, um, people's names were literally mentioned, especially people as important as the father of faith, e.g. Abraham? Have you read any other parable that is like that? That's the first thing I'll ask you. The, the second question I'm going to, the second thing I'm going to explain is that um, dispensations have changed. In the Old Testament, when saints died, they did not go to heaven. They went to Abraham's bosom. 
and Abraham's bosom was also in the underworld. Just across you, they did they are, they are okay. on, in the other world together. Um, sorry, okay, I, I want to cut in a bit. Uh, I'll, your eight minutes are almost up, but I'll just give you maybe two minutes extra to okay, round okay. up. I, ju- I just want to points. And I noticed that there is a bit the the the, the um what is making the two of you disagree now is that you don't. I think your standards for for um, deciding what a parable is in the Bible is quite different. So I think that's the point that you should try to okay. uh, clear uh, out with uh, each uh, other. Uh, okay. Okay. I, yeah, I don't know if I that um, when Jesus Christ was from the dead, he actually took the saints in Abraham's bosom with him to heaven. So there was saints were in Abraham's bosom before. Literally, it was a literal event. It was not, it was not um, a parable. It actually happened. But there are many other questions I wanted to ask, but the eight minutes is almost over. I think my questions will be better addressed like when I speak directly. Is that fine? Okay, okay. Okay. All right, all right. Uh, all right. Do you want to you want to start your speak directly now? Side of the argument now. All right, all right thank so you very much. The subject of now is is not actually meant to instill fear into anybody that is a child of God. Because Jesus Christ has saved us from hell, right? Jesus has saved us. He saved us from our sin, and it's our sin that leads us to hell. It's, it is not as if um, God just decided to send everybody to hell. No. What happened is that we're all on, on our way to hell because of the fall of man. The old humanity was doomed. And then God sent his son to pay the price. See, God is love, as um, Dr. has rightly said. But on that same coin, Right, the other side is that God is holy and every sin must be punished. The judge of the universe must punish sin. Right? The judge of the universe must punish sin. So everything will be punished. What God did, because his love, he decided to send his own son to pay for the price, to pay the price, the punishment for your sins. He decided to take everything right onto the body of his son and he judged everybody upon Jesus Christ. So that whoever believes in Jesus Christ will never perish, but have eternal life. It is very important that while we're talking about hell. Um, yes, so why was hell created? Matthew, Matthew chapter 25, verse 41 actually talks about it. Jesus Christ said, when, when Jesus Christ um, was talking about what will happen in the last days and everything, Jesus Christ said that hell was, was created for the devil and his fallen angels, right? Um, right, but even though it was created for the devil and his fallen angels, people that end up in hell are those that have chosen to reject God's love and forgiveness. There is forgiveness available in Jesus Christ. But if you choose to reject it, then there is no other sacrifice. You have to stand before God in your own strength, in your own perfection. And if you stand in your perfection, you will fail because man is inherently sinful. It's important we know this. God wants everybody to repent. He does not want anybody to go to hell. Second Peter says it, Second Peter 3.9. God wants everybody to repent. So it is never God's will for any man to go to hell. It's important we know this. Um, now, as I, as I actually go deep into a internal conscious torment, which I believe to be the truth, according to the Bible, I want you to remember this statement I'm about to make, that no proposed theory of the Bible's meaning that doesn't cover all the Bible's relevant statements can be true, right? No proposed theory of Bible's meaning that doesn't cover all the Bible's relevant statements can be true. It's very important we know this, right? Now, okay. if... if 
if I come and meet you and I say, okay, I want to know about the Bible, like who is the number one person that can teach me about the Bible? Your answer, the perfect answer will be Jesus Christ. Your perfect answer will be Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who can say clearly what the Bible is. Like if Jesus Christ says something, it's best to just believe it. Because in John 1, the Bible says that the word was with God and the word was God in the beginning. And the word became flesh. So Jesus Christ himself is the manifestation of the word. And it is his word that is final. Whatever Jesus Christ is, it's best to just believe it. And so I'm going to just look at, I'm just going to highlight verses that, that say exactly what Jesus Christ said about hell. Like very, very simply. Before I move deeply, please, on how many minutes do I have left? I have four minutes. You have four also. minutes okay, left. Okay. Um, Matthew 18, verse yeah. 8 to 9. Matthew 18, 8 to 9. Matthew 18, verse 8 to 9. Um, I'm not going to use this four minutes to read what Jesus Christ said, right? So that when you read it, you can do your own reasoning based on what Christ himself has said, right? Matthew 18, verse 8 to 9 says, So if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and treat away. It is better to enter eternal life with only one hand or one foot than to be thrown into eternal fire with both of your hands and feet. So Jesus Christ said eternal life and then he said eternal fire. So if eternal fire does not mean, if it does, if it means annihilation, then eternal life, as also used by Jesus Christ, will not mean unending. But eternal means eternal. In the Greek, it is Aenos. Eternal means eternal. Oh, no, I want to say something. No, no, no. I'll allow Dr. Isini to address you. Let me know. Okay, all right, all right, all right. So eternal means eternal. Um, the best way to, I know that's, Jesus Christ said, then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, okay. into the right. eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. We lost you again. Now. Okay, Matthew 25, yeah, verse 41. Jesus Christ highlighted that the, turn, um, the fire of yes. hell is eternal and that it is prepared for the devil and his demons. And in verse 46, Jesus Christ said, and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Eternal means eternal, right? It means forever. Eternal punishment means punishment forever. Eternal life means the way I know. Life there is the way, as in the God kind of life. So it is true that those that are dead will not, um, they don't have eternal life because they, they don't have the God kind of life, but they exist forever. Life is union with God. Anybody that is shut out of that of, of God's presence does not have life. Does, does not mean that the person does not exist. The person will still exist, but we exist in another dimension, which is in, in the realm of punishment. Second Thessalonians 1, verse 6 to 10. It would be awesome if you can just read this maybe after. Um, I think my time is almost up. Let me just read one, one last verse. Revelation 14, verse 7. Revelation right. 14, verse 7. Revelation 14, verse 11. Revelation 14, 11 says, it says that um, the smoke, can you hear me? It says that the smoke of yeah, the torment rise forever and ever, and they will have no relief yes, yes, day yes. or night, but they have worshipped the beast and his statue and have accepted the mark of his name. I don't know how much more literal what the Bible to say something is eternal. Like, the Bible uses eternal, it uses forever and ever. It uses endless. It uses like I don't know how much more literal. And I feel like before my time is up, I want to say something. I feel like people have come up with this view of annihilation just to somehow give it some form of comfort because they still don't believe that 
um, Jesus Christ is enough to save from hell. If you truly believe that Jesus Christ has saved you from hell, you will not even be afraid of going to hell. But people have come up with these things so that they, in their minds, they can feel like, okay, maybe I'll just be punished for a short while and then exist. But my friend, my time is up. All right. All right. I want to say some things before oh, I allow the doctor yeah. to uh to rest to cross examine right. your point. Uh the last statement that you made there, uh I don't know, like if you if you are conversing with someone, someone that honestly reads the Bible and comes up with the annihilation view and you you they hear you saying that type of thing it can it can be a bit triggering like especially if the person is being honest and you you are the person hears you saying oh you're just coming up with this view because uh because you want to you are you are a bit you are not sure of your salvation or something you understand but it is the truth the truth is the truth like if i ask both of you directly now if i say are you 100 percent sure you are going to heaven who will answer me yes? Okay. <laughs> You're 100% sure, like, there's no chance in this world. I'll answer you, actually. I'll answer you yes, actually. Awesome. That's good. 100 But we want to answer that. Question, uh, 100%. Christ has done uh, too much. But, uh, did you, when you heard him say that, when you heard him raise that point of uh, people just come <laughs> up with that because they are not so sure, they are kind of scared or something, uh, how did you feel when you heard that? Well, I, I understand that he's been on he's saying exactly what he believes to be correct. Now I may not agree with him, but I believe that he's been sincere that he feels that that is why people bring up that theory. Now, in my own case, it's not true, but okay. I understand that he feels that now some other people may get angry and all that. But as Christians, we should okay. understand that we're all just trying to be to say the truth right, as right. we know. You it. can and I you think can start your cross-examination now. You have eight minutes. All right, bro, Daniel, thank you okay, so much for being great. very straight with us. I will ask you some questions. If you have okay, a pen, there, I hope you have a pen. I will just read all the questions out and then so you can take as many as you can. Right, so the first thing I want to mention for us and our viewers is that we must realize that because of the love of God and the goodness uh, that he has shown towards us, we can repent and come under his banner of salvation. Christ has saved, saved us. He has. And that we, we obey him because we're already saved. And that's a fantastic point that we must never miss. Now, you mentioned that no proposed theory should cover, can, that, does not, no proposed that, co that does not cover all relevant statements can be true. I, I agree with you. I agree with you completely. So it is important that we clarify these statements that I'm about to make. You mentioned eternal fire, everlasting fire. Jude 7. Jude 7 tells us that, um, um, that Sodom and Gomorrah suffered the punishment of eternal fire. And we know this, that's exactly how it is written. And we know that Sodom and Gomorrah, when they burned, they burned to ashes and the fire went out. We also know that Jeremiah 17 verse 27 talks about a fire being lit in Jerusalem that would not be quenched, that would be eternal. And we know that when that fire started truly, it burned everything to ashes and it burned out. So in light of the use of eternal fire here, 
Can you say that the word eternal fire, everlasting fire, means that the fire will not be quenched, but will burn everything to ashes, which is also supported by Malachi chapter 4, verse 1, which says that the wicked shall burn to stubble. That's question one. Question two, you mentioned Zoe being God kind of life. Please, is, is that the definition of the word Zoe? Can we clarify that? Then you mentioned existing in another dimension. Can we defend this biblically? Can there be life outside of Christ? That's the third question. Can there be life not given by God? So that's the third question there. And can we defend that theory biblically? Now, the last one you mentioned, Revelation 14, verse 11. Very lovely. Um, in the light of the eternal fire mentioned in Jude 7, in light of the fact that Malachi 4.1 says the fire will burn to stubble, and then we understand it will go out. Can we say that the smoke going on forever and ever means that as long as life shall last? For example... Psalm 23, verse 6 says, And I shall die in the house of the Lord forever and ever. But we know David died and is no longer in the house of the Lord. So does that mean that forever and ever, when you are not immortal, right. um, means on, you talked about the love Thank of this, God. Response. Your Thank first you. question, you talked about the love of God and the goodness of God. Then you mentioned Jude 7. I want to get what the correlation is exactly. Okay. I, mean, no, that was just, I think you're trying to say that was me giving um, a, a background. Somebody cannot have life without that, God. I think that was your point. That's another question. Yes, yes. The life. Okay. No, no, no. The, what I'm saying is that Christ has saved us. That's why we are sure of eternal life in heaven. Okay, awesome. awesome. Now, that was just a background. Says, and don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, which were filled with immorality yes, and yes. every kind of sexual perversion. Those cities were destroyed by fire and served as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. That is so simple. That is so simple and so clarifying. What happened to Sodom and Gomorrah was an example, right, of the judgment that is coming. Sodom and Gomorrah, yes, they were destroyed from the face of the earth, right? But that's it. From the face of the earth, they are still under, they are, they are still suffering. You know that, guess what? Jesus Christ talked about Sodom and Gomorrah. And what do you know that Jesus Christ talked about Sodom and Gomorrah? What, what did he say about What did Jesus say about Sodom and Gomorrah? Yes. Um, Good. He said, good, if very it's more good. So, for them, you have said a, uh, Solomon and Gomorrah exists that no more. That is, they don't yeah. exist in any dimension, whether it's in this world or in the afterlife. But Jesus has said that it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah. He's still referring that Sodom and Gomorrah are still in existence, yes. and we are still, they are still going to get even more. What do you say? At the end of time, if they don't no, exist said, anymore, if they do not exist anymore, Jesus Christ will need we, not mention at, Sodom at and Gomorrah. So yeah. your first point that they do not exist anymore, that they've been extinguished. Can you, uh, sorry, um, Daniel, can you just okay. let him respond to that? Okay. Sorry, yes, you know, you know, we mentioned, I mentioned that there will be a resurrection of the wicked and the righteous. So God, Jesus was saying there that at the resurrection of the yeah. wicked for uh -huh. judgment, we know where at the end of time, God will gather the sheep and the goat and separate them and all that. So at the end of time, where 
it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah yeah, at the end of time in the punishment than for them. So is so your, I think that's so what Joseph was saying. I'm trying to look for the passage no, 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 so no, no, My question is, your, dub, your um, doctrine of yeah. annihilation, is it now double standard? Yeah, I thought annihilation was that, okay, once someone has been punished by God, the person is destroyed. But now you see that Jesus Christ is talking about that even in the last year, their last judgment, they are still coming there for more punishment. And it goes on for eternity. But let, let me quickly move over to Zoe. Zoe is God kind of like, it is, like just translate this directly from um, the original text. Like it's just as simple. So Zoe and Enos is eternal, is eternal life. Um, Jesus Christ said in John 10, verse 10, he said, I give, I give. John 10, when, no, John 10, when Jesus Christ was talking about um, giving life to his sheep, he said, I give them and they shall never perish. I love how Jesus Christ always talked about it. In this same um, I read earlier, talked about Can you hear me? Yeah, you can bit. Oh. I lost you. Uh, yes. Oh, where did I? Where Where did you hear me stop? Please. Yeah, you were mentioning life, Zoe. Okay. God yes. Kind of life. Zoe, God kind of life. Yes. If you check John chapter ten, Jesus Christ was talking. He was talking. He said, "I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hands. Eternal life there is Zoe. I know. And Jesus Christ, um, when Jesus Christ was talking about um, eternal life versus eternal punishment in Matthew 25, right, he said, um, some are going into eternal life, while some are going into eternal punishment. On one side is life, on the other side is punishment. On both sides are eternal, right? So trying to mix up what Christ is saying in, in the sense that, okay, no, 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 it might not be like, no, it's, see, what, what he said is, is, is constant. Okay. Now, I, I, want to, I want to say something. I want to say something very beautiful. So, can I just... Can I, you, I, you that place, a bit, I'll, you that I'll give you two minutes the, after the, I start to just round up yes. your section. Um, Daniel, I think you, your point now is that you are saying eternal punishment. When the when Bible says eternal punishment, it has to be something that is like forever, like a punishment that lasts eternally. Okay, yes, um, I am saying that. Um, yes, yes. Okay. Can, can I well, respond to I that? I have some questions that I have no answer to, that are very important. Yes, I'll quickly right. say it. I'll just take it very quickly. Zoe, in the Greek, I'm looking, I'm using the My Sword Bible, it's an Android app. Zoe means life. There is no, it's not God kind of life, it just means life generally. I don't know where that origin is from, but Zoe just means life. Second, eternal punishment is still consistent with annihilation in that you will be punished eternally because you are dead. That's eternal. It's like somebody being expelled. Right, That's like eternal, you, like eternal you punishment your, from your life. Eternal. You are eternally removed okay. from the from the school. Your studentship for that, life. Yes, you, you are living your life. Okay, awesome. Now, now yeah. let, let me see this. Go on. If we read um two minutes for your your remaining questions. Just, just I'm going to answer very quickly now. Um, verse. Second Thessalonians chapter one, sorry, verses six um, to ten. Let me just start from verse eight. Um, in flaming fire, bringing judgment on those who don't know God and on those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus, they will be punished with eternal destruction, forever separated from the Lord and from His glorious power. When He comes on that day, He will receive glory from His people, praise from all all who believe, and this includes you. Mm-hmm. Outright for you for for you believed what we told you about him. See, 
they will be punished with eternal destruction, right? Yeah. You know that yeah. this same um this same eternal destruction that I'm talking about. We lost you there. We and national of it. It is impossible for people with a national when Mr. Dan lost you. Yes, we lost you. Jesus says, Yes, yes. I said, Jesus Christ said that um, they were weeping a gnashing of teeth, right? In this eternal punishment that I was talking about. Ask yourself, is it possible for people to weep and gnash their teeth when they don't exist anymore? Just simple, simple. But my time is. Oh, okay. okay. Until until they cease to what's the time frame? Gnashing, yeah. Something as important as that. Why is time frame not given in the Bible? Until they cease to exist. What's the time frame? I'm if sorry. I want to. Well, maybe God no, doesn't want us to focus, focus on, on heaven. Focus, focus, on on heaven. On, focus on heaven. He will not spend so put so many verses in the Bible warning people about hell. God is love, but God is just, and it's loving. I want to, I want to ask hell is a question um, quickly. Hello. Yeah. Uh, so, um, um, okay. Yeah. Can you please explain your like? What's the what's your? Can you quickly explain your time frame of how uh, of death of judgment and all that, so that we can know how this weeping and national of teeth fits into that um, time frame that you you accept? Yes. 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 Okay, is that is that me? Is that for me? Okay, lovely, lovely. If you if you go to um um Revelation um chapter twenty two verse twelve, Jesus himself said, Behold, I'm coming quickly, my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. We know full well that everyone will be judged according to their work. So the understanding is that everyone will be burned to ashes. But for some it will be an instant, for some it may take a bit of time, but we need to not take long at all because God needs to use the earth, also needs to create a new heaven and a new earth for New Jerusalem. Oh. So we know that it's not going to take a long time at all. Max, uh, perhaps I imagine the devil will be the one to suffer the most. Okay. Max, probably a few days. Max, because we need to do, we need the okay. first earth to pass away, according all to right. Revelation 21, verse 1 and 2. So okay, okay. Wait, wait, you you said are, that right. Let's just let's move you you have to give us a Bible verse. No, you have to give us the Bible verse to support what you are saying. Something as important as that cannot be excluded in the Bible. So you have to give us where the Bible says they will punish for a few days before before they are turned to nothing. Okay, good. Good. Now thank thank you very much. Look, let, let's let's read where I where I read. I said again, yeah. you will give to everyone according to his work, and we know full well that. That according to Revelation 20, verse 14, this it is the second death, right? It's the second death. We know full well, according to uh, Malachi chapter uh, 4, verse 1, okay. that they will be turned to stubble. The day of the Lord will burn them up, it will leave them neither branch nor root. Last passage I want to read there will be uh, Second Peter chapter 3. It tells us that um, the, the elements, yeah, and we know, I think we are all, yeah, we, some of yeah. us, maybe we are all science students, I'm not sure. But we know that according to yeah, well, science that's good. So Second Peter three verse um, <clears throat> verse twelve tells us that the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements 
we know the elements include oxygen, carbon, they will melt with fervent heat. So this fire is not an ordinary one. And it is not something that um, will take long to dissolve anyone at all. So the goal, it will, be, it will annihilate, but, and that fire will also cleanse the earth. This thing that you said is true. There's, yes. a new, there's, there's going to be a new heaven, new earth. There's fire that's going to destroy the elements that you are correct. But now you said something that has contradicted yourself, yeah. right? Remember second death. Second death is coming, right? Second, there's a second death for the sinners, for those who have rejected God. Yes. Um, so if second death, right, yes. will lead to um, non-existence, right? Fourth death. Why doesn't the first death yes. lead to non-existence? Yes. That's number one. Then number two is that I thought you already said that death is a sleep. You cannot say death is a sleep and claim that it leads to non-existence. It's impossible. Okay, very good. Very good. So two questions there. Let's take it quickly. Revelation 20, verse, um, verse 5 and 6 tells us that the rest of the... Okay, leave... The rest of the dead do not live again until a thousand years are finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power. So, once you're in the first resurrection that happens at the second coming, you are free from the second death. That is why we can call the first death a sleep, because we know you are, we are going to wake up. We know we are going to wake up. That's why Jesus calls it a sleep for Lazarus. No, you are contradicting That's why we, it is believers are not participating in the first death. The believers there... Believer, you have to get your doctrine right. Believers are not going to be, they, not, they the, have escaped from death, they are far from death to life. That the Bible teaches that no believer is dying. What we are transiting, the first death there refers to the sinners. I don't know. No, 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 no. Read verse 4 says, These are those who are bearded for their witness for Christ. Who have not worshipped you, they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand okay, years. Verse six says, Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Sorry. So, yes, so can you hear me now. The first resurrection. Sorry, someone just tried to call me. Can we just go into the 10 minutes because of time so that okay. we, you can just. We are saying that. The 10 yeah. minutes is just for. you. Can, you, you this. This session is not for okay, yes, it's yes, not yes. necessarily about how you okay. interpret scripture. It's just about maybe your philosophical objections. And now your views deal with evangelism okay. and things like that. Okay, okay. awesome. Should I start with this question? Yeah, I, uh, Since you started your okay, okay. Who do you who, who should start? Who's going to start? Okay. Okay, you okay. I, you know, yes, me, please. Let me start this one since I no, no, no. All right. All right, so I'm just speaking from a all right, all right. Speaking of philosophy, Steph, speaking of philosophy, I was speaking with one of my friends one time, Onome, actually, it was you, and you were like, you would not take the doctrine of eternal conscious torment seriously if if I cannot prove to you that the saints of old also believed in it. Now, I'm going to read out some, I'm going to read out some, some writings, right? Do you remember when you said that, just to be sure? Uh, I'm not sure that was exactly what I said, but I think we are on, yeah, you, yeah, like I can take that. Um, Okay, okay, okay. Now, um, do you know the famous historian, um, Josephus? He was born 37 years ago. Awesome. Do you know what he said? He said the Pharisees held that the souls of the wicked were to be punished with perpetual punishment and that there was appointed for them a perpetual prison. Josephus said this. Now, another philosopher said this. Philo. Philo said this, born 25 BC. This one was born 25 BC. He's a Greek philosopher. He's not Jewish. 
Hellenistic. Did you hear what I okay. said? Hel- philo, philo, I can't, I can't take, I can take Josephus because I know Josephus is Jewish, but Philo is Greek. You are bringing in another philosophy. Yeah. Into- maybe your reference, maybe your reference, the reference I have says that he was a Hellenistic Jewish philosopher. And it says that the punishment of the wicked is to live forever, forever dying and to be forever in pain and grief that never cease. But it was, but Josephus is already enough, actually. I love Josephus. Now, from if from the way I the way, the way um this is not even arguments or anything, but thinking about it there, this brings urgency to the message of the gospel. Like if I know that a man that is unsaved will born in hell forever without respite, without rest, is it makes it urgent for me to tell him about the gospel. It makes it it gives him passion to be loud about it, right? If I somehow feel that okay, he won't burn forever, he he will just maybe want to this and he'll be extinguished. Then what's the point? If God would do that, he would there will not even there will be no as in, if God could do that, no man would even go to you in the first place. Man would just as you are dying, like you have been extinguished. But see, um, you said the soul is not eternal. That is not true. The soul is intrinsically eternal because it is made from God Himself, and man has to be man has to be housed somewhere. And that's the truth. Think about it. Why did the sacrifice of Jesus Christ have to be eternal? The sacrifice itself, the punishment for us is an eternal punishment. The blood that saved us is an eternal blood. Think about these things. It is eternal. Right? What he did is eternal because he knows that the punishment is also eternal. All right. Can we, can we allow, so I say that can we okay, allow him to respond to okay. the points that you have dropped? Well, I think you've made very fantastic points. Um, uh, of course, of course, I am curious to mention and quick to mention that the Pharisees were not exactly um, uh, correct um, holders of the theology of the Old Testament. We know full well that uh, they rejected the Christ that was foretold in the Old Testament. So we cannot really trust their interpretation of anything, really. But that, that's fine. I believe that for Christians. As uh, Brodani has also said rightly, that love should be the focus. Christ came because of love. God created us because of love. God has permitted all these things because of love and the desire to allow us to make our choices. So it is important that we understand that reality. Love must always be the focus. Love and Christ. The real punishment in the Bible, based on my understanding of it, is real punishment for sin is actually missing out on eternal life and heaven. It's just movies. So the real punishment for what they have uh, done wrong. Let's be realistic. Let's be realistic. That is not punishment in any way. For those of us that experience deprivement of things as punishment as children, let's talk about real crime. Don't use that example. Let's talk about real crime. Okay. Daniel. Okay, yeah. let's say um, um, life with God, eternal life with God is a good thing, right? So yes, missing yes. out on that opportunity, you would say it's bad, right? This is not relative. Yeah, we're not doing relative. Uh, uh, but it is Let us simplify this. the punishment, whether it's... No, of course, it's a bad okay. thing. Yes, you are right. It is a bad thing to miss out so, on what God has. So my point but, is that that is the real... Okay, I'm still going to say something. Yes, you still talk. That's the real punishment for sin. Now, some may think that it's not bad enough, but realize that 
life eternal is complete in paradise. If we really teach people the truth about that paradise, people will realize how important it is to hold on to Christ. Now, the reward, the, the reward is the urgency for me. Scaring people that if you don't follow Christ, if you don't change your ways, if you don't stop taking alcohol or fornicating or all that, you will go, you will burn forever. Is my great urgency, but because it's not urgency on truth, it does not create people that respond to the love of Christ. And what, I, what about? Believe. Sorry, I want to cut in. What about the other part of that? Like someone like me now, I I, I think I've told Daniel this thing a lot of times. I've told him that um, if you have a God that burns people for or whatever punishes people for eternity based on 80 years or 50 years that they live in this doesn't really i don't know it's not balanced it doesn't really make sense it, it sounds odd yes yes but so you can you can you can preach to someone of thing and they'll just yeah, and, uh, yes. Okay, can I answer? I could still defend that but I since I, it's not true I don't have to defend it right. so the reward for following Christ, the world of eternal life in paradise where you can visit different planets, you can you have the entire universe to go around is enough reward to allow us to stick to Christ. That's my that's my own premise. Thank you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. It is very true that um missing out on heaven is enough punishment on its own. But um let us be very, very, very realistic. Can you yeah, okay. yes, yes. Okay. So you have a man that committed a crime. He raped a girl. And you say, ah, um, because, um, okay, we'll, we'll make sure that he does not get any job in the society. He doesn't get access to clean water. He doesn't, we'll not punish him, but we'll make him miss out on all the good things of the society. Is that punishment? Let us be realistic. Justice means that what you do, there has to be punishment for it. Now, for, for something like rape, let, let me ask, for something like rape that happened in two minutes or four minutes, do you know that a man can be sentenced to life imprisonment in insensible countries, right? Yeah. This is kind of answering your question of things you do for 80 years, matching up eternal judgment. But, but I'm even going to go a bit deeper, right, and say that, first of all, I'm, the gospel is not that stop drinking, stop smoking, stop fornicating, or else God will send it to you. That's not the gospel. The gospel is that, hey, you're already on your way to hello. It's not God that is sending you. You are already on the road. Is that the gospel? All you have to do is the gospel. Yes, really? yeah, that is the gospel, and I can open it clearly from the I Bible. I think what Daniel is saying is that you are already condemned, right? I think. Let me finish my statement. Okay. Let me finish my statement, please. Right. Okay. You know, let me finish my statement. The book limit. We need to worry. Don't, don't worry about the gospel. Is that man is already doomed. And there is a way out. All you have to do is believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins. And you will be saved. It is that simple. Now, man yes. is doomed to the fall of man because of Adam's sin. Right? People that are going to hell, that's, their, their nature is already sinful. Their nature is already sinful. A sinful nature cannot, cannot inherit eternal life. That's why at the point of salvation, man is changed into a new creation. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are fast away, all things have become new. He's a new creation, literally. So that's why he can inherit the kingdom of God in his heart, and he can actually live in heaven forever. <sighs> okay. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Yeah, Hello? I'm done, actually. Yes, you can hear um, you now. Can you hear me? I'm done here also. 
I think we've given the viewers enough uh, background to really research on their own. And I think that's an important achievement uh, for this uh, discussion. And I'm glad about it. I'm really glad for all of us. Yes. I agree with that. Actually, I agree. Yes, I am. Uh, Mr. John, I could not you hear you on the mayor of Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, what I, I think is that okay. we've given there enough background for everyone to prayerfully study to okay. find out what the Bible really says. And I okay, think I'm that definitely is going to a major saying, achievement. Yes. Yes. We've given them enough. That is there. a short. But uh, I, I just, since uh, I didn't get questions from listeners, I want to just ask you some questions that I would like to ask questions. And maybe if you have any questions for me, you can ask. Oh, okay. uh, let me start with Mr. Daniel. All right. Uh, Daniel, if you are given the choice to suffer and die the way Jesus Christ did according to the Gospels, or you are going to be tormented or whatever, fire for forever, for eternity, which one are you going to pick? If I'm yes. giving a chance to suffer and die, you mentioned like how Jesus Christ yes. suffered and died. I'm trying to get your question. I'm, tr- I'm really trying to get your question. Um, because what Jesus Christ did huh, is eternal also. And it prompts the, the divine punishment that was meted upon Jesus Christ. I was not something temporary, something exhausting, something that forever God will look at his son and say, Yes, I am satisfied. I, have I just gave you punishment. I mean, right? you're making it sound like a temporal punishment, but I'm trying to tell you that what God did um, suffering that Jesus Christ went through, according to the gospel, and his death. You are given that choice like, as a human being to choose that or be tormented forever. Which one are you going to pick? What was the what's the aim of the question? I don't know. What's the aim? I need to know. I need to know the aim of the question so that I'll know how to answer. Can a wise man does not just answer. You yes know this. Okay. No. You can answer the question. Then I'll now tell you that okay, well, that, this is why I asked. I asked you that question. You get your question is contextually wrong. Your question is contextually wrong. Eternal. If a sacrifice is eternal, then it means that the judgment it has taken upon itself is an is, is an eternal. I was just asking you, or, like I was asking you that. So you cannot say what you're implying by your question and whatever. Like, yes, the fiscal torture. Like, yes, fiscal exactly. torture. that's what I'm asking. Implications. The cosmic. Minus the words. Sorry, I didn't hear that. Eternal implications. Yeah, the eternal implications. Just the, just the beating and the and the and the nailing like that. Okay, okay. I'm glad I made you guys say all this. If it's just the beating and everything, of course I will pick the beating. But I'm glad I pointed it out to you. That okay. that was not yeah, all that happened to Christ. That I, I, I think, think I understand that. <laughs> all right, I have a question for Doctor Ayotunde. All right. Hello. Uh-huh. Have you ever held the eternal okay. um, torment view before, or you have always held annihilation things for as long as you remember studying the Bible? 
Please ask me that question. Okay. I have always believed that the Bible teaches the uh, teaches hell as a All right. place of annihilation. Yes, I've always believed that. Yes. That was my first. Yes. Honestly, honestly, I there was a time in my life that I believed in annihilation. So I'm not even lying. Why exactly did there was you? A time in my life. The reason why in annihilation. Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? The reason why I believed in annihilation at that point in my life was because I watched the video and the man was like, the dead um, will be destroyed and then their ashes will be, like, they'll just go. Right? But I began to study the scriptures more. I discovered that that is very much 100% inconsistent. Right. Uh, what else do I want to ask? Uh, did, did any of you, like, after having this conversation, did any of you, did you, like, is there anything that the other person said that, say, oh, I need that. That thing challenge my view. I said, did they, like after Sorry, this I conversation, is saying. there any point the other person made that made you think that okay? Look into that. Is there any is, was there any any moments like that for any of you? Well, for me, um, you raised a lot of important points. And he helped me to understand, at least give me a solid um, uh, reference for how those who teach um, eternal torment see it and why they see it. So I think that's important to really understand the viewpoints of others. Yes. Even though you may not agree, but okay. always important about to you, see the viewpoints of others. So I gained that, yes. And for me, um, Quoting a lot of scriptures from Ecclesiastes, I mean, um, Doctor quoting a lot of scriptures from Ecclesiastes, Ezekiel, and um, all the Old Testament, right? It made me actually want to go into those verses and actually still study them and understand the context. Okay. Now, someone like me now, I'm looking at both of you from the view of an outsider. Like, you are trying to tell me that the Bible is a clear communication from God, and God also sent His Holy Spirit to help you to interpret scriptures and all of that and i'm looking at the way like i'm looking at the way both of you are so like both of you are sure that you are led by the holy spirit and you are coming to different conclusions can you just help me out to figure figure out what is going on well no, man, i'm going to doctor can i answer first before you answer i i really want to answer this question okay or do you want to answer it? maybe i should maybe i should, maybe I should. Okay. Right, right. uh if you book of the bible you see in acts 18 we have somebody called apollos apollos was an eloquent man he was mighty in the scriptures as verse 24 he came he was he was in spirit he knew the word of god he was mighty in the scriptures that's how the bible described it however he didn't know about jesus he only knew the baptism of john yes. so that you're led by three doesn't mean that at every point in your life you have 100 percent understanding yes. but honest and you're consistent. There's a saying that says, when an honestly mistaken man meets the truth, he either remains honest or remains mistaken. Okay? So that you are eloquent in the scriptures, you are mighty in spirit, does not mean that you know everything. In fact, you may know some things are not correct, and as Apollos did here. But Christ meets us at his, at his own time, for his own reason, he meets us. And when he meets us, our lives do not remain the same. And that's the fantastic thing about God, really.
Yes, I, I, I absolutely agree with what Doctor just said. And um, in church today, at Ten Celebration Church, and in church today, um, we're talking about orthodoxy, right? That is believing the exact truth. And then the pastor, Pastor Toli, mentioned something. It was like someone sees a number, like on the ground, looking at the number, number six, right? But someone says, no, it's not six, it is nine. And the person has a point because if you turn it upside down, it can be nine. Someone says it's six, someone says no, it's nine. But we know that the person that wrote it down had a number in mind, right? Now, you will know the importance of getting of that number. That number is the password to stop a bomb from detonating. After what we're talking about, there is one truth. There is one truth. And as, as Doctor has said, God will always, if you're honest and you're sincere, God will always meet us, right? And we explain it to us. Then another, one other thing I want us to know is that if if you try to interpret scripture and it does not mean the same thing that the person that said it was expecting it to mean the person that was listening to it, then you are wrong. So these things are very important. Scripture is not hard. It is, in fact, most times it is very direct. Okay, that's, uh, that's fine. I'm going to keep to my that. remarks about that for some other time. <laughs> because of course, this is, that, this is um, mm-hmm. things that I have actually yeah, of course. Keep it, keep, keep it. Uh, I want to appreciate both of you for taking your time to uh, go over this conversation. I have enjoyed it, and surely I'm going to listen to it and see um, points that I can, I might have missed while listening to you. Uh, thank you very much for for being here and having this conversation with me. You're welcome. And and for the listeners. If you like what I do on this podcast, if you have listened to this episode and you have enjoyed it, and probably you would like to listen to future conversations like this, uh, don't forget that you can support this podcast. You can support the podcast in many ways. You can support by your suggestions. You can support by sharing to your friends. You can support even financially. Probably you want the quality of the podcast to be better. Please, I'm always open to um, accepting your help. Once again, thank you very much for listening. I want to encourage you to continue to be curious, continue to keep trying to understand the other side of the views that you take. Uh, Bye for now.